0: Listening
1: to a Sharesies podcast. Tēnā tātou katoa. it's the first of October. Welcome to Recap, made for you by Sharesies.
0: And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation.
1: Please take a moment or two to listen to this very important message.
0: Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with.
1: Any information we provide is general only and current at the time.
0: If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider.
1: Hi Alice, you couldn't handle it. you had to do the bop. I, can see I you did bopping. the head
0: bop again. <laughs>
1: yeah, to the music. Uh, excellent.
0: It is Friday after all.
1: Yeah, welcome to Casual Friday. How has your week been?
0: uh no it's been good but i am looking forward to the weekend what about you
1: yeah i have to feel like i say it every week i'm so ready for the weekend uh busy <laughs> week but always a good week at shazzy of course
0: yeah and we're in for a treat this casual friday aren't we
1: we certainly are so uh before we get going on today's episode i just want to point out that today's casual friday guest is paul brownsey paul brownsey is the chief investment officer at pathfinder asset management. Now Paul wrote a really interesting opinion piece about the China-based company Evergrande and its debt problems. Paul is going to bring us up to speed to where the story is now, why he thinks it's unlikely Evergrande will lead us into another global financial crisis, and what may happen next.
0: Awesome. But before we get into that, uh, I thought we'd start by returning to a story we covered a while ago. Uh, so Joe say what's the news on Zoom's acquisition of Five9?
1: Yeah, well, the short story is that it's not going ahead due to Five9 shareholders rejecting Zoom's nearly $15 billion stock offer.
0: So Zoom probably doesn't need an introduction because that company has become a pretty (laughs) integral part of our lives over the past two years. But can you uh, just remind us what Five9 does and why Zoom wanted to buy the company?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So Five9 is a cloud software company and they make AI. And part of what the AI does is drives uh, those chatbots. Bots that uh, pop up on a website. So you know you you go to a website and a little like window pops up and there's like a little picture of a person that says hi, I'm Daryl. Do you need any help today? That kind of thing. So Zoom oh, got yeah. really interested in this, and it seems that the plan was to add 59 software to its own communications package making it more attractive to business customers who will pay more for a single integrated product. Now this, uh, just to to go back to the the macro view, this is all part of the race to remain competitive in the work-from-home space. Now Zoom had a head start in the opening months of the pandemic. Uh, Like you said, it's become an integral part of our lives. But now competitors like Microsoft and Google are making upgrades to their products. And naturally Zoom wants to stay with the pack.
0: Alright, so then why is this agreement between Zoom and Five9 falling through?
1: Well, the two companies said that the deal was called off by mutual agreement, but the ultimate driver was that Five9 failed to get shareholder approval to go ahead with the deal. 5 CEO has since said that investors have expressed confidence in 5 future prospects and potential for value creation as a standalone company. <music>
0: Okay, just one last thing before we get into mm-hmm. our chat with Paul. I have another deal to report on that's fallen through.
1: Another one? What's happened?
0: Uh, well, this involves Kiwi medicinal cannabis research company, Canna South. Now, earlier in September, Canna South did a capital raise. The reason for doing this was so that it could buy up the rest of ownership in two companies that it co-owns, uh, one called Midwest Pharmaceuticals New Zealand and the other called Canna South Cultivation. Now, Canna South um, completed the purchase in the, uh, for the rest of Midwest, but it said today to the market that there's been a spanner in the works over the Canna South cultivation one.
1: Right, so, so what happened there?
0: Uh, well, a condition that Canisouth had to meet in order to complete the acquisition was that they had to raise $6 million by the end of September. Uh, obviously, that deadline was yesterday. And Canisouth said today that they hadn't managed to achieve that target. Uh, they actually only managed to raise $4.7 million. Mm,
1: so what's happening with the deal now?
0: Well, since that condition wasn't meant, uh, sorry, met, it's meant that the deal uh, has it, has fallen through Uh, but Canada South did say that they want to have further discussions to review what options they have around uh, acquiring that remaining interest in Canada South cultivation Mm. Uh, CEO Tony Ho he also said that he was pleased with the positive support that the company had received from shareholders and investors to raise that 4.7 million
1: Uh, thanks for the update Alice
0: And I guess that brings us to Evergrande, uh, which we talked about last week on Recap.
1: Yes, but before we get to Paul, we thought we'd quickly recap... The story so we're all up to speed sorry that's just a terrible <laughs> joke i can't stop myself from <laughs> laughing at myself
0: yeah that was that was a terrible joke but a good idea to <laughs> recap so um evergrande is one of the world's biggest companies by revenue according to forbes uh, now the company is based in china and is primarily known as a real estate developer uh, it employs around two hundred thousand people and according to their website the company supports the employment of more than 3.8 million jobs
1: Yes, uh, a big company, big company, but it's also got around $300 American dollars in debt. And in a nutshell, last week Evergrande told its investors it was having cash flow issues and they could have trouble meeting some debt repayments coming due.
0: And that led to concern around the world that if Evergrande defaulted on its repayments, it would have a ripple effect through the global markets. Uh, Basically, it was argued by some that if Evergrande uh, Could go uh, if it does go under, it could even trigger a financial crisis of sorts,
1: right? Yeah, and that brings us to right now. And on Monday this week, Paul Brownsey from Pathfinder wrote an opinion piece on stuff all about this. So we thought we'd get him on the show
0: and have a chat. And the first thing we asked Paul was what had happened since we talked about Evergrande last week.
2: Well, not a lot to be honest. There are three interest payments which were due last week and this week. So, Mm. the first one was a yuan currency payment last week. And there does seem to have been some arrangement made with the lenders. So, Evergrande announced that they've resolved the payment, whatever that means. But technically, that local currency uh, from a Chinese perspective payment hasn't been missed now. But we've also had two other US dollar payments. So, last Thursday, Evergrande should have paid about 87.5 million US dollars, but that didn't happen. And and this Wednesday, just gone, another payment of 47.5 million US dollars was missed. So, missing those payments doesn't actually mean a default has happened because there's typically a 30 day grace period uh, for those payments to be made. I'd expect these foreign payments not to get paid, though. Uh, We also know that the Chinese housing regulators seize control of the Evergrande bank accounts, too, and they're going to make sure that. You know, the families in the streets in China who have bought apartments don't miss out.
0: Oh, wow. I hadn't realised that about the, uh, the Chinese government um, stepping in. But there were some commentators out there, um, you know, writing news articles and that, that. was They were comparing the Evergrande situation to the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy in 2008, uh, which, you know, rippled throughout the entire world. Like, what are your thoughts on this comparison?
2: I don't think this is like the Lehman situation at all. Uh, I worked for a bank through the GFC, and I remember clearly those times. And it was it was a scary, scary time. You know, every day, we came to work in the morning, literally thinking that the whole global banking system would have evaporated overnight. Wow. Yeah, you know, nobody knew what was going on. But the problem wasn't just that we thought Lehman would go bankrupt. What we didn't know or understand was how much money was owed by Lehman to other banks, and then in turn, how much money those banks owed to other banks, and then on and on and on. So you can see the right. sort of chain. That was happening uh, derivative exposures between banks i think were in the tens of trillions of dollars back then which is just an unbelievably large number and so people were worried that bank a wouldn't pay bank b and then bank b wouldn't pay bank c and the whole system would cascade in on itself
0: so is this uh, situation quite different then
2: it is very different for a start evergrand isn't really connected to the international banking system like lehman was and I think Evergrande has around about 300 billion US dollars equivalent of debt, but only yep. about 20 billion of that is owed to investors outside China. So most oh, okay, of this is a domestic Chinese problem. Uh, we, we, we I just I think if the Chinese uh, government of the Chinese regulators step up in the way that we ultimately think they will, there should be very little flow and effect outside of China,
1: right? Yeah. So you've, like, uh, on Monday you suggested that the most likely outcome here is that the Chinese government will get involved. Have you just kind of indicated earlier that they've at least to a certain extent Mm -hmm. done that? Um, Can you unpack maybe a little bit more, if they do get more involved, what that might look like in the weeks coming?
2: Yeah, Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the first thing to think about is that China is not a true free market country. I mean, it looks like a free market country because it's got, you know, big tech companies and banks and entrepreneurs and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately the government will control everything in a top down fashion. You know, the government's trying to balance several things. You know, social cohesion, you know, the primary role of the Chinese Communist Party is the rulers of China and raising national income so that living standards rise. Yeah, you know, the Chinese Communist Party just won't let this develop into a crisis that's, that that conflicts with those aims. And if in the process they can remind these new entrepreneurs that they can only be successful with the permission of the government that will also meet some of their aims yeah we've already seen in other sectors like you know technology and education over the last few months yeah they've got some pretty stiff treatment from the government which was ultimately about <clears throat> excuse me ultimately about reminding the entrepreneurs to tow the government line I think we'll now see that in property uh, also bear in mind that mr. Hui, who started Evergrande he's taken billions of dollars in dividends out of this company while. Evergrande was raising debt over that period. That's not a good look, and at some point, I think he'll be having a pretty serious talk with the Chinese banking regulators. So I think the Chinese regulators are really <clears throat> very much able to direct who's going to wear the pain from any losses from Evergrande. If you're a foreign investor, it's not going to be good news. Mm. You're going to get you're going to lose everything. But as I said, that's only about twenty billion dollars worth of loans to Evergrande. So. That's a very containable number in terms of the global, um, yeah, the global economic ecosystem. Within China, if you're an Evergrande shareholder, you're going to lose everything as well. Uh, but also bear in mind that Mr. Hui, who started Evergrande, I think he owns about seventy-seven percent of the company. So really, it's about him losing everything. Uh, you know, regular Chinese investors probably aren't that heavily invested in Evergrande, and so they're not really going to be too affected. If you're a chinese bank or a chinese institution that's lent money to Evergrande, you'll probably lose most of your money as well uh ultimately i think we'll see a wind down of Evergrande, and the assets from Evergrande will be distributed amongst other chinese companies and um, state-owned organizations what won't happen is that the chinese families who have you know paid for an apartment they're not going to lose out ultimately they will be made whole, uh, but if you're a lender to Evergrande, I think the news is going to be pretty bad.
1: I mean, you know, you've sort of already answered it, but I mean, you know, what's the kind of effects if it doesn't um, ultimately meet its debt payments? I mean, how might that flow through to other markets, well, like yeah. particularly here in New Zealand? Like, can you unpack yeah, that look, a little bit more? Yeah, sure.
2: Look, I just don't think it's as critical as people worry about. Um, a- as I mentioned earlier. And Alice mentioned the other day on her podcast, Evergrande's got about $300 million US dollars equivalent to debt. In terms of the Chinese banking system, that's about 1% of total Chinese banking assets. So it's not a big number. Uh, as I said, foreign investors will lose everything, but there's not many of those. Um, how, how could this possibly impact the New Zealand market? I mean, for me, it's difficult to see a connection with the New Zealand market. We don't have a lot of investors here who have invested in Evergrande. Uh, we don't have a lot of investors here who invested in Chinese property. Um, I think there are actually much bigger issues out there for markets than Evergrande. Evergrande, I think, will be contained within China. And I just do not really see a linkage between uh, you know, Evergrande having an orderly wind down of its uh, loans and obligations and its assets to having an impact on New Zealand or even US shares. Uh, yeah, there's much bigger issues out there for markets. You know. Uh, interest rates going to start rising. Uh, central banks and governments going to stop, uh, stop stimulating the market in the same way they have over the last decade. Is inflation going to rise? I think probably yes, but is it going to stay high? Probably no. You know, can company profits continue to grow? Those, for me, are much bigger questions about markets. I really think Evergrande will look back on it in six months or a year's time and say, well, that was fundamentally a local Chinese problem.
0: Those are such a, such interesting insights. Thanks, Paul. Um, so I guess what is next in this story? I mean, they've missed these couple of bond payments. Um, they've now got this 30 day grace period. You know, is there yep. anything that we should be keeping an ear out for?
2: The 30 day grace period is a typical um, you know, period you have to cure a mispayment. So if these US loans are governed by that 30 day period, which I imagine they would be, then that's probably the next deadline. We'll wait and see this time next month whether those payments have been made and if they're not that could trigger either a bankruptcy or a moratorium where the government uh, where, where the company goes away to sort of try and wind things down and sort things out uh, but, but but we may not see much for next month but this time next month we should have a pretty clear idea of which way it's going to go
1: And that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, That was a great chat with Paul. Really awesome to have him on the show.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Really, really interested in what he had to say about Evergrande.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, thanks to Paul for coming on the show. And thanks to you out there for listening. That was recap for the 1st of October.
0: And as always, we would appreciate it if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.
1: Absolutely, it really does help us out. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you next week.
0: Mateo